Welcome to In The Room, the Vital Leadership Podcast. Vital Church is a multicultural, bilingual church located in McAllen, Texas. Visit our website, vitalchurch.com, where you'll find links to all our media platforms. For now, sit in the room with us as Pastor Carla leads the conversation, Pastor Charlie adds commentary, and the Vital Church staff provides input and feedback on topics of church ministry, leadership, vision, culture, and more. We also sprinkle in a little Spanish, a little humor, and some storytelling. Let's get in the room. All right, good morning, team. God bless you. Good morning. Carla? Yes, so today's conversation is uh, going to be about return on investment. No, you're not in the wrong room. You're like, that is associated more with like a business term. But when you're trying to build, it still applies. And in ministry, we're always trying to build. And I have one scripture this morning that I want to start off with. It's in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. One of the desires that we should have as believers is to spread the message of salvation and hope to as many people as we possibly can. That's what we've been commissioned to do. That's our heart's desire, should be our heart's desire. The opposite would be to stay stagnant. And I don't think anybody wants to remain stagnant. We all want to multiply and we all want to grow. When uh, you want growth, there's always work to put in. There's always an investment, going back to, to the title. But when growth comes, we have to be careful that we don't burn out and that we don't burn our team out. Uh, we should always strive to cultivate healthy growth, right? Correct. Like for me, getting fat is growth, but it's not healthy growth, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. You're growing the wrong direction. So same thing in, in the church and in the spiritual aspect. You always want to make sure that you're growing in a healthy way and in a way that's sustainable long term. Right. And I like that word, something that is sustainable, because you mentioned weight those who go through weight loss, when your weight comes off quickly, it's probably not a healthy way of, of going about it. Right. But our team has heard us mention that word healthy. Yes, we want more, but we want to stay healthy, always in the parameters of God's will. You know, our God is a God of the new. He's a God of multiplication. He's a God of abundance. We should desire what he has desired for us. And so how do we do it? How can you keep growing? How can you not stay stagnant and keep healthy? And I want to tackle this topic in form of questions. So our points are going to be questions. Does the project coincide with the vision or the end goal that we're trying to achieve? That's a very good first filter. Right. Because we're often doing things that we're not called to do. If it does not coincide, if it doesn't apply, if it's not beneficial to the overall vision of the church, then it might be something that you want to eliminate from your list of things to do. Because remember that every time we say yes to something, we're also saying no to something else. Every time you're applying a budget to one thing, you're taking budget from somewhere else. That's so true. Let's expand a little more. How do I know which projects coincide with my vision? Ask yourself, does this take us to the overall purpose? Let's say as a church, uh, does this help us witness, right? Because right. that's Just, the Great Commission, Because that's right? the Great Commission, because that's the purpose. Does this help us spread the gospel? And not only that, 
we take it a little further. What projects will give us the most impact? Because right. we're talking about return on investment, right? When you put that in order, you, you notice that you'll start postponing or eliminating projects. Yeah, you mentioned that this is probably a term or a topic that you would hear like in a business, secular business mm -hmm. meeting. But when we talk about return on investment, it's a lot more difficult to quantify in ministry because it's not strictly numbers. We're not talking profits, we're talking people. Right. So is this project contributing to fomenting fellowship? Right. Hey, that's a good return on investment. Is it evangelizing? Is it reaching out to the community? Is it making the church known to uh, the city that it's in? Mm -hmm. Those are the types of things that you want to consider when we talk about return on investment. And just to give it another application, you always want to think about your team. Yes. Like the time that they're investing, the efforts that they're investing, their finances. You're thinking about your team. You're mm -hmm. thinking about the volunteers. So when you're trying to avoid burnout, you're trying to say, I'm not going to spread my team thin. Correct. Right? So I want for them to know that their efforts are valued, that we are considering that they have families, yeah. that some of them might have other jobs Correct. and other things they're pursuing. So we're considering, is this something worth bringing our team into? That's the investment that we're trying to consider because we're trying to avoid burnout. Right. You have to factor in the investment right. and you have to factor in the return and the correlation between the two. Right. When I was a youth pastor and we had our youth conference, I wanted every single little detail to be perfect and right. I wanted everything to be of impact. I mean, from the moment the countdown started to the amen at the end of the final <laughs> prayer. And I remember that that first year, I was the preacher. I was the graphic designer. I was the video creator. The MC. Uh, I was the MC, yeah. So, But I remember that I spent days working on a countdown for the event. And I wanted it to be synchronized with the music. And when the day finally came for the event... People were walking around. It's a countdown. People were walking around. People were talking. Nobody was looking at the screens. I was looking at people like, pay attention, guys. I, <laughs> I, I spent days on this. But then I realized that I was a problem. I had invested way too much time and effort on something that simply was not as important as I had made it out to be. This is not saying that you treat certain things with less importance for the sake of treating them with less importance. It's just that the reality is... We're human, as you mentioned. There's a threshold. There's a limit to our right. energy, yes. to our health, uh, to right. our budgets, right. to the amount of people that we can count on for any given project mm -hmm. or any given idea. So when right. we talk return on investment, you have to gauge, is it worth right. all the time, all the effort, all the, all the personnel, all the strength, all the energy, all the finances that are going to go into right. this? This is something to consider as well. And I'm so glad you're mentioning that because... Even as parents and heads of households or business owners, whoever may be listening, these are things you could apply, make a list. What have I been trying to work on? Sure. And what is the most important, right? We're going to explain it a little more. The second thing is, do you have a plan? Right. Right? Because you can't just think up an idea, right, and then not have a plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Wow, I like that. Mm -hmm. A plan sets the foundation, especially when something is new. You might not have all the answers, but the answers we don't have, we're going to learn along the way. 
you communicate this to your team because there's a lot of leaders that feel they don't need to communicate details, but communicating details is so key because the more you communicate, you know, the better chance you have of having success. Right? Well, the buy-in on behalf of the people depends largely on the way that you communicate the vision for right. the project. I think it was just yesterday we were watching Shark Tank. <laughs> the idea, the invention can be great, right. but the pitch, when that person walks out and they make their pitch to the sharks, that's just as important. Right. Because if you don't present the project in a way that's understandable, that's clear, that generates excitement, then it doesn't matter that your idea is great if you don't have anybody that's going to buy into it. You have to lay out a plan because the plan lays out the objective and it lays out what need you're trying to meet. I, I love what you and your team, uh, Pastor Deep, uh, Damaris, what you guys do when we're going to have meetings. After what we call our vision conference, which is where volunteers get to sign up, but then the individual ministries have their meetings. Mm -hmm. And you guys have the leader of that draw up a plan for the meeting. Yeah. And then you guys revise that because you guys put a very high premium on communicating clearly what the goal, what the purpose is of that ministry. Because when people are coming in to this ministry, they're coming in to serve in this area for the first time. That's going to be key moving forward. Do they understand the purpose? Do they understand their role? And it's going to be key in having them buy into, hey, I want to be a part of this because the vision, the goal, it's, it's clear. clear. We know where we're headed. Your service alone is something that you can plan. There might be some listeners that say, how can you plan the move of God, right? <laughs> I like what you always say, hon. We have a plan in place. We have order because it reflects God. But the only one who can interrupt that plan is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that gives us wisdom to lay out the plan, right. to lay out the foundation. He is a God of order. I repeat that. You mentioned new projects. Mm -hmm. I think that communication is all the more essential in new projects. Because when you've done something, most of the pieces already know what needs to be done and what their role is. And you can maybe be a little bit more lax on the communication just because you're already in a rhythm. Right. But when it's a new project, Communication is all the more important right. so that you make sure that nobody's lost, everybody knows their role, and we're all working in unison. We're not perfect by any means, but one thing that we always do say is that we're always we're learning together, we're growing together, we're always trying to get better, and again, challenges of growth, right? For sure. But it should never be an excuse. Um, the third question, do you have the finances? Mm. You may not have the entirety of the finances, but we should always prepare. You and I always say we need to prepare. We need to at least have six months of preparation, of sustenance. Because, yes, in ministry, faith is a huge element. Yes. It's a huge element. Obviously, that six-month rule is for something that's going to be continuous. There's projects right. that you have once or twice a year. Uh, oh, right. So those obviously are governed by different guidelines. But, yes, overall, the idea is that, that you have to factor in finances. You know, faith is the currency of heaven, but the mm -hmm. dollar is the currency of the United States. And so, <laughs> yes, God provides, but we also have to steward that provision. Right. You don't want to burden the congregation. You don't want to jeopardize the financial health and the stability of the church. So we have to use wisdom. Faith and wisdom, man, that, those two together are powerful. Thank you for taking me back to long-term projects, projects that we know are going to be ongoing. 
We try to have at least six months in mm -hmm. place. And when it's something new, a project that's going to be one day, two days, three days, even that you have to consider, is the church going to stay healthy? Again, these last two questions, do you have a plan? Do you have the finances? They go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I remember in the early days of our church plant, we were doing the typical fundraising that a lot of especially Hispanic churches do, right? The barbecue plate sales or the tamales or <laughs> uh, the brisket. Obviously, that's valid. And if that's something that your church does, hey, there's many different ways to fundraise. Mm -hmm. But I remember one time that we were doing that, and it was actually pretty difficult for us to make it happen because we didn't have the resources. We didn't have the barbecue pit that we needed. Right. We didn't have a kitchen. You know, we were renting a space. For us to put it together in itself, logistically, was a big challenge. And one day I go up there on a Sunday and I say, hey, church, we're going to do a barbecue chicken plate sale and we're trying to raise funds for this or for that. And after church, there's a brother from the church. And again, this guy's a visionary. He's a businessman. And so I needed that in that moment. He comes and he says, hey, pastor, why are we doing the chicken plate sale? Why don't you just tell us what the vision is and we can buy in and just give an offering? I said, you know what? Let me go up next time and I'll do that. And sure enough, when we did that and I communicated to the church clearly what the plan was, what the vision was, what the end goal was. I mean, the response was so overwhelming. Just going up there and clearly communicating the plan, the vision, it allowed people to say, hey, I want to be a part of that. And then, of course, faith plays a huge part. You said you don't have to have it all. No. But you do have to have a plan. I believe that when you release what is in your hand, God releases what is in his hand. Right. And it goes back to the first question. When the project coincides to the vision or when the Lord is giving you this assignment, he's mm -hmm. going to provide. I didn't have this plan, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper in okay. finances. Perfect. Maybe what's coming in to the church is not enough, right? That's when you have to sit down and say, where can we cut down? Yes. What projects can wait? Because remember, there's things that, you don't have to eliminate from your list, but you can postpone them, right? Right. Then we can work towards it. And speaking of finances, I think something that's very, very important is that we follow through with oh the commitments goodness. and the that promises so we make to the yes. church. I think as leaders, especially pastors, <clears throat> we lose credibility before our congregation when we say we're going to fundraise, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then it never happens. Wow. When you've been promoting a building fund for 10 years and not a single two by four has been erected, that's a problem because people are visual. And at some point, we're going to lose credibility. That's not a place where you want to be, especially when we're talking about faith and we're talking about church. Above anybody else, we're supposed to be people of integrity. We're supposed to be people of our word that follow through with our commitments and so, yes, it's happened to us. Things come up. There are delays. Right. But when those things happen, inform the church. Keep right. them in the loop so that they know it wasn't just something that you dropped. It wasn't just something that you slipped into the rug and you hope nobody would notice. No, it's something that it's still in the plan. It's still in the works. But, hey, this happened. This delay happened. There's, there was some red tape. There was a diversion in expenses. And if you keep people in the loop, it's really going to help them stay motivated. That's so good because there are things you can't control. And I'm going to go back to faith. Sometimes when you see finances, sometimes it's not going to make sense. But at least, you know, prepare as much as you possibly can. And if you know the Lord's leading you to it, um, he's going to provide. And we've seen it in our lives, too. Yeah. We've seen it to where we know we have the beginning. 
We know we're going to take this, take the step of faith. Maybe the whole fund is not there. And then we take that step and the Lord surprises us and the Lord blesses us. Yeah, even in the secular world, businesses employ faith. What do I mean? There's something called trends, right? Fiscally speaking, they make projections. In other words, sometimes they plan their budget, not on what they have, but what they're projected mm -hmm. to have. And so that's an element of faith. How much more us? We are the house of faith. We are people of faith, right? right. Uh, we have a great God. So we have to use wisdom, but we also can have faith. I remember that one of our accountants, our first accountant here at church, he says, I'd, I had always worked with numbers in black and white. And I learned working for the church that I now had to factor in faith. I had always worked with strictly numbers, but we are people of faith. And yes, when we get something started, I believe that we begin to see the hand of God move. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, our plan will be accelerated because mm -hmm. God multiplies and God provides in an overwhelming and supernatural way. But again, that doesn't excuse us from having a plan because at the end of the day, it's good stewardship that's going to bring forth the blessing and the multiplication. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I think stewardship is key. One of the things that they said at the Grow Conference that we went to is people don't give to bills, they give to vision. Oh, wow. And uh, so good. I think that's one of the mistakes that a lot of churches make is, you know, hey, we're collecting for our light and we need to pay, right. you know, this bill or that bill. And people get tired of that, you know. Wow. What, what is the church doing? What's the vision behind it? What is the project? Who are we trying to reach? What problem are we trying to solve? Right. Uh, who are we helping? And the church is motivated by those causes. And when you present the vision of something that the church is trying to do, people get behind it and they start giving. Right. So good. That's so good. Okay. The other question is, do you have the people? When you're starting something, you're probably asking, how can I have people if I'm starting? But uh, for example, when you and I were going to plant a vital church, we didn't have a full team, a 50-person sure. team or anything like that. We had a small group. It was just 10 of us. And with that small group, we had faith that the Lord would do something and that the Lord was calling us, and we took a step of obedience. So you may not have all the team that you need. You may not have all the volunteers that you need, but at least have a solid team. In a past episode, we talked about the power of two. Two people with the same goal and a mindset, man, that's powerful, right? Because when one's discouraged, the other one can lift the other up. But... You need to consider, once you are established, you do need to consider your team's abilities. You need to consider the current commitments. And you do have to think, I don't want to spread my team too thin. All of these things that we're talking about, including this fourth point, it's about setting yourself up for success. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up for disappointment, right? right. If you don't count the cost and then you don't get there for some reason because you don't have enough people, because you don't have enough finances, because you didn't communicate it well, or because the vision itself just didn't coincide with the overall vision or purpose of the church, then you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Mm -hmm. And you bring your own morale down as a, as a leader. You're going to bring down the morale of the people. You're going to have to communicate now, hey, we failed at this task or we didn't achieve the objective. And so, again... You count the cost so that you can follow through the entire project and see it coming to fruition. Right. Let's talk about people a little more. You know, most of the people who help us, you know, move the vision forward, our volunteers are so key for ministry and for everything that we're trying to do for our community. They have families. They have full-time jobs. 
We need to be considerate. We don't want them to be physically sick, stressed out. Now, I do want to clarify. We want to see a reward and we want to see things happen. It's going to take work. It's going to take effort. It's going to demand time. It's going to demand finances. And we're not against the effort. We're not against the sacrifices. We're not against the hard work. But we can't be irresponsible either because, you know, when we're leaders and we're expecting people to just work, work, work for the Lord. I know for the Lord, but for the vision and for the project and they're feeling stressed out, exhausted. That's how you start losing people, especially if they don't see an end. They don't understand if, the if vision. If they never get to celebrate any victories, right. then it just becomes burdensome. burdensome. Yeah, right. And usually the victims of burnout are the most loyal ones, mm-hmm. are the most faithful ones. Because they're the ones that don't know how to say no uh, <laughs> or they don't want to say no. They're invested. They're like in it 100%. Right. Those are usually the people that you hate to lose. Mm-hmm. but you're more prone to lose right. just because right. it's difficult sometimes to gauge that. Hey, well, they're passionate. They want to keep going. Mm-hmm. But you as a leader, sometimes you have to protect people from themselves mm-hmm. and don't stretch them, like you say, too thin right? and keep them around for the long haul. And I, I'm going to mention this again, although we've mentioned it in a previous podcast, but one of the things that we implement as a church is that our volunteers serve in a form of rotation. And we've mentioned some of them say, hey, I don't need a break. I can be on every week. And sometimes, you know, uh, we allow them and sometimes we say, hey, you know what? Take a break. Yeah. Right. But the preference is that they do one week on, one week off. Uh, that's the preference. And there's a double win to that. Your team is bigger. You have more people mm-hmm. involved as opposed that's to just true. having the same rotation that's and there's so only true. so many slots to fill. Create opportunities. You create opportunities for more people. You have a larger pool of people that you can draw strength from. And at the same time, you keep everybody healthy by not overworking them. I like that. I like that you mentioned that because not only do you develop and cultivate healthy growth, but you're creating opportunities. And you keep the focus on like Jesus. It. Right. Because otherwise it becomes all about the volunteer or the person right. or the leader. You know, there's people that take the attitude. What are they going to do without me? Come on, guys. God has a way of always protecting his church, of always providing for his yes. church. Yes. Don't ever fall into this rut where you're overconfident, thinking that you're indispensable. Like God can raise up anybody in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to be that person that is being replaced because our pride got to us or because we thought that nobody could do it like us. Listen, get involved, be in a rotation, Mm -hmm. accept your time of rest, embrace it, worship, get into the presence of God, recharge, re-energize, let the Spirit of God come and give you a fresh vision, a fresh anointing, and keep moving forward with the rest of the team so that we'll all together see the glory of God. Amen. And I left this point for last, and it's not a question, it's one word. But I left it for the end because I want this to stay with us Mm -hmm. as we close out this conversation. Pray. I just wanted to emphasize the need for prayer. Growth is so hard, and it will bring conflict. It will bring challenges. And we just need to remain prayerful. Mm. Prayer allows us to communicate with God. You know, His Word is already there as a map to guide us and lead us and provide wisdom. But prayer is is just so key in helping us focus on Jesus and what he's wanting for us, what he's assigning to us. Because sometimes we can get distracted. 
We can get distracted with what the other church is doing, with what the other leader is doing. And then those become our motivators. Mm -hmm. What that person is doing, hey, we should do something that like that. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being inspired. But prayer helps you stay focused. Prayer provides a, a direct communication between you and God. Through prayer, things are revealed. Through prayer, relationship is strengthened. Um, through prayer, miracles happen. There is power in prayer. Pray for wisdom and pray for strength, strength to continue. There's something about those times of prayer uh, when you're speaking to God and and surrendering to him and saying, God, these are the things that I want to execute, but are you putting this in my heart? Is it you leading me? Father, am I being swayed by something else, by an outside influence? Am I wanting to grow for the sake of growth, or am I really trying to expand your kingdom? Because sometimes the reason why we burn out and it spreads us thin is because we're trying to overreach. Right. We're trying to overdo. We're trying to overperform. And at the end of the day, you know, we come to the Lord and the Lord's like, I didn't even assign you to that. Yeah. You know, you brought that on yourself. And we have to be so careful with those distractions where comparisons are bringing us to performance. Because when we lose sight of God, He's the one that builds but then we can cause our team and our ministry and our congregations to stagnate by losing focus. And prayer keeps you connected to God more than to the task. Right. Sometimes we become so task-oriented that we no longer ask God for His will. We're no longer seeking God to see what He has to say or do about it. We're like so focused and we got tunnel vision. We got our eye on the prize. And what if God is redirecting us? Right. In any given moment, we say here something all the time that we don't marry systems. Right. We don't obsess over one certain way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And prayer is a big part of that. Because right. sometimes God's spirit will lead you to pivot. God's mm -hmm. spirit will lead you to call an audible. And you have to be flexible enough to adjust. And so prayer is going to keep you always sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Right. I, I just wanted to say one thing. Uh, going back to, uh, I guess, a point that you guys shared earlier. Because I, I, I don't feel like a church can be everything for everyone. Right. There's a lot of churches in our area that do very good in certain areas that we don't. Right. This church does very well in this area. Maybe they have a food bank or yeah. a, a kitchen where they feed the homeless. And other churches say, hey, we don't have that. It's not necessarily part of our vision at this point. Mm -hmm. So we're going to just give you an offering so you guys could keep doing it. Right. Right. And I think that's healthy that that we are the body of Christ. You know, together we can right. serve everyone. But I don't think any one church can, you know, meet all the needs because it's not in everyone's vision. That's I think so as good. you grow, maybe you add things to what you can do for your community. But when you're small... I don't think it's healthy to try to cover all these areas because the volunteers, you you know, they grow weak. Very good point, Ozzy. When we were a small church and growing as a church, one of the things that we did precisely because we didn't have the budget to have all these different sure. types of ministries was we would find people, sometimes within our own congregation, that were already championing a cause. We'd become a resource for them. Hey, since you're already doing it, how can we partner with so, you? How can yeah. we help you? Yeah. And we did that for years on right. end. We still do that still because do that. we still can't cover all the bases. Mm -hmm. Find people that are already doing something. We had a brother that was doing all the orphanages in Reynosa right. and doing a, a Christmas posada for them and always staying in touch with their most basic needs. 
he was already doing that mm-hmm. out of his business. Mm-hmm. And he, he becomes part of our church, and we're like, how can we help you? And one of the things that we were able to provide was volunteers for some of his events. Right. Right. He had the budget, but he didn't have the people. So great point, Ozzy. When you partner with other people, then that's going to help you be more effective. Because remember, at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's not about who gets the credit. It's not about who does more or less. It's all together working together towards glorifying the name of the Lord, having the needs met, and uh, reaching the purpose. This is so good because we do partner with people currently that are doing something outside of our ministry, right? Because at the end of the day, it's about the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And we love, personally, we love to celebrate when we see other ministry friends just doing great things for God and God answering prayers and opening doors for them. We celebrate because we just believe that if everybody does what they were assigned to do, the kingdom of God wins mm-hmm. and the name of the Lord is glorified. And, you know, through prayer, our hearts are set in God. Our steps are aligned. A lot of times, hon, you you said, I went for a walk and I was meditating. And in that walk, the Lord gave me the plan. Yes. Going back to what we decided, you know, to call this podcast, Return on Investment. If we're going to invest ourselves, if we're going to ask our teams to invest themselves into something, our congregation, let it be that at the end of the day, it's going to glorify the Lord. For sure. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. And I said we're going to mention some examples. I'm going to mention two examples. Recently, we launched our first campus. We didn't have all the answers. There was a foundation. There was a lot of conversation. There were certain things that were taken care of. Other things were not taken care of. But we prayed about all these things. The first thing was, does this coincide with the vision, right? Mm -hmm. And it did because we're having an uh, overflow here in our current location. We kind of gauge where people were coming from, what area they were coming from to attend our McAllen campus. In studying and in, in planning, that was the decision that you reached. This is where we're going to be. We laid out a plan. We thought about the finances. We thought about the people. We prayed a lot. And then we took that leap of faith. And by the grace of God, almost six months later, that campus is still going strong, led by pastors Abraham and Michelle, and a lot of our leaders, you know, contributing to the campus just moving forward. Again, we're going back to the commission of the church. We're commissioned to spread the gospel. We're commissioned to grow. We're commissioned to go out and share the good news. And this is part of it. It goes with the vision. Financially, we could mention the campus, how... We had to plan because when you're planting something new, you have to at least assume that it might not be self-sufficient financially mm-hmm. for a season. So you don't go into it if you don't have the budget. We knew that mm-hmm. for at least a season, the home church or the main campus was going to have to be the financial backing right. to the campus. So that's just one example of how you plan, how you prepare, how you budget. The vision, however, is... For that campus to grow and eventually be self-sufficient and um, you know we're, we're seeing the hand of God already move in that respect mm-hmm. but again God usually will ask us to do what is in the natural mm-hmm. and he gives us the ability and the strength to do it and we have to exercise faith and then he'll do the supernatural right we talk a lot about a faith that moves mountains but if God gives you a shovel start digging <laughs> start digging for the moment and uh, and then let God do what only he can do Right. The other example that I wanted to mention was this podcast. When several of the team members, you know, were encouraging this podcast, the one thing that was burdening me is 
what it was going to take in regards to people investing their time, their talents to make this happen. We took really long just to even make a decision to even make it happen. And you and I are behind the microphone and we get to, you know, just uh, reach people wherever they are in their vehicles, at their homes, uh, in their business, in their church, wherever they're at. But I have nothing to do with this podcast after we leave in regards to it getting to the people, right? right? Of course, I've always uh, taken the time to prepare and being ready, but I knew it was going to take work. I knew it was going to take an investment. And I just want to mention a few people that invest into this. And I know Rodrigo always sets up for us. He, he makes sure everything is in place, that the room is ready for us just to come in Tuesday morning. And he takes time out of his day off on Mondays to make sure that this is set up. And those are the things I, I was saying, is this worth you know, the investment of, of the people and their efforts. And then you, maybe our listeners don't know, but you're the one that edits. And then Pastor Abraham <laughs> comes yeah. in. And uh, I don't know that. Just polishes up he the polishes whole audio the side of things. Yeah. I don't know the, even the terms that go along with it. And then Pastor Ozzy, you He's know. The one that uploads. And he <laughs> uploads it and he puts out a description. Man, it takes uh, an army yeah. to put something like this together. And the team was the one that encouraged us and said, we know it's going to be a blessing. And, and by the grace of God and with all humility, you know, I'm just so thankful that we hear of people that uh, say they're being blessed and that they're listening. But even before saying yes to this, you know, we considered everything else. And something like this podcast, talking about return on investment, it's not just strictly numbers. It's not just Definitely how many listeners not. we no, have. No. One of the things that we have to factor in leadership is that every leader that you impact, you're impacting everybody under their leadership. Right. And so we could say, well, we have hundreds of thousands of listeners. We don't. But all the people that do listen to this podcast, they're probably interested in the podcast because of its subject matter, which is leadership, which is ministry. So you can bet that a lot of them have... Uh, people under them. Some of them might be business owners or people just trying to aspiring to some sort of leadership. I know that I do this in my personal ministry. It's not always about which is the largest event. One of the things that I strive for is what's going to be of the most impact. Right. There's a difference. I can preach to 2,000 people and the pictures are going to look great on social media. But if you give me 200 pastors, right. 10% of the 2,000 crowd but those 200 pastors represent congregations that total maybe 10,000 people. Right. What's going to be of the most impact? That's something that I factor in personally. And I think that as a church, everybody in leadership should factor in what's going to give you the best return on investment. And I'm glad you emphasize it's not always about numbers. For sure. It's about uh, being assigned to this and ma making you're sure have. you're going to impact but lead everyone back to Christ, you know, not back to a church, not back to a man, but back to Christ. There's many more things that, that we could consider when it comes to projects and things like that, what we've been discussing. But these have been key for us once again. I just wanted to mention that. And I do want to close off with this. We should not be afraid of growth, but we must prepare. Yes. We must prepare. And Dave Ramsey said this, if you're not growing, you're dying. So true. So I just want to encourage whoever's listening and the team here, continue to be passionate about your areas and striving for growth because it reflects 
Christ because we never want to stagnate. We want to continue to grow and we want to do it in a healthy way. So God bless everybody. Great conversation. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. We hope you enjoyed being in the room with the leadership team at Vital Church. We pray that whatever takeaways you got from our time together will enrich your life, your leadership, and your spiritual walk. Remember to visit our website, vitalchurch.com, for all things Vital Church, and to follow this podcast so that you can join us for the next episode of In the Room.